The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of Crown Point Baptist Church and Pastor Mark Ermler. Let's take our Bibles here this morning, please, to 2 Thessalonians chapter number 1. If you are a guest today, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, for all those first-timers, we do have a special gift for you at the guest services. And that is right out these doors to the right. Boys and girls, they're on autopilot. They know what to do. And uh, they're off to Kidsville. What a blessing. Book of 2 Corinthians, we have begun a series of messages that we've entitled A Quest for the Authentic Church. And over the last two Sundays, we just introduced the series. And today we're getting into a little bit of the meat of this area of how do you measure a church. Um, there's a lot of ways that man measures churches. For instance, for a lot of folks, a church is measured by the programs that they offer for their families, or it's measured by the facilities that that church has. Maybe it's measured here by how many attenders or how many members the church has. And, and there's a lot of different ways that man measures a church. But the Word of God through the writings of the Apostle Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, thanked God over and over again as he wrote letters to church after church after church, and he highlighted three bedrock principles that he was interested in seeing in each and every one of these churches. And matter of fact, when we saw the church at Corinth, we recognized how obviously absent any of these three characteristics were. Matter of fact, at the end of 1 Corinthians in chapter number 13, he brought out the truth of uh, really that trinity of faith, hope, and love. At the beginning of chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians, he thanked God not for their faith, not for their hope, not for their love, but he thanked God for God's grace. And that's really telling because it tells us here that that church at Corinth with all of its problems, it did not measure up in love, it did not measure up in their faith, nor did it measure up here in their hope. Now we've been looking at the church at Thessalonica and uh, here in 2 Thessalonians, I'd like us to uh, contrast chapter number 2, I'm sorry, chapter 1 verse 3 with 1 Thessalonians 1.3. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 1.3, our verse from last week, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. There we see faith, hope, and love. And now in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, I want you to see the first thing that the Apostle Paul was so excited about when he wrote to this church, the scripture simply says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other abounded. How did Paul measure the church of Thessalonica? He measured it by seeing growth in this area of demonstrating faith. 
And this morning, our message is simply entitled Growing in Faith. This is something that both individually and corporately, each and every one of us need to grab hold of so that we can uh, measure up to the authentic New Testament church. Let's bow in prayer as we begin. Father, thank you so much for each one that's here. I'm praying in this moment that you would give absolute liberty as we look and are challenged by this concept of faith. Lord, we recognize that it's by grace through faith that we're saved. And yet, Lord, you tell us not only is that really the the vehicle to our salvation, but we also recognize that we're to walk by faith. And as believers this morning, would you challenge us in this area? Thank you for what you're doing in in maturing Crown Point Baptist Church. Thank you for the heartbeat of your people as they're wanting to grow. And I ask this morning that you would meet with us as we open your word. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, quick overview of last Sunday. We saw the, the, uh, the commonality between two churches as we really looked at the church in Revelation chapter 2, the church at Ephesus, versus the Thessalonica church there in First Thessalonians chapter number 1. In uh, Revelation chapter number 2, they were commended for their work. And yet in First Thessalonians chapter number 1, verse number 3, we see it was a work of faith. And uh, so there's a, a commonality. They both had certain things. The Bible says they both had work. The contrast between them was one was just work, one was a work of faith. We saw also the culture of the authentic church. What ought people to sense when they come into this place? They ought to sense the love of God that we have for Him and for each other. You ladies, I have to commend you. Yesterday, some of the guests uh, that were here uh, kind of raved a little bit about how uh, everybody was so friendly. And uh, folks were so kind, and my mother-in-law said, everybody was so happy. And uh, what a testimony that is, that the love of the Lord Jesus Christ here is flowing out of our people. And so the culture of the church needs to be one where there is an increase of love and an increase of faith and an increase of hope. That's the culture that God's desiring here to develop in every authentic New Testament church. And so we see, we ended last week with a challenge for our church, and that is a challenge to grow in each and every one of these areas. Now, the next three Sundays, we're going to specifically take them one at a time to see how, in a practical way, we can grow in faith. You're here this morning and you say, well, pastor, how is that possible? How, how do I go from where I am right now to having a greater faith in my Christian walk? Well, our heart today is to unpackage that. And so let's go ahead and begin. Number one in your insert, if you're taking notes, I want you to see the developing of our faith. The developing of our faith. Can I tell you something this morning? God is seeking to enlarge each and every one of us in this area of faith. He's desiring for our faith to be 
enlarge. He's desiring it as this church at Thessalonica in uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 3. Their faith groweth exceedingly. And oh, that God would help us here to recognize that our faith can grow as well. This is not just something for this church back 2,000 years ago. It's something for Crown Point Baptist Church. Let me take you to a couple passages just as we get started. In uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter number 1, we saw, verse 3, the emphasis of faith, hope, and love. But I want you to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 for a moment. And, and I want to read a couple verses here to you, beginning in verse number 5. Notice what the Bible says. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith. Lest by some means the tempter hath tempted you, and our labor be in vain. Verse 6 says, But now when Timotheus came from you unto us and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity. Do you see? What was on Paul's heart and mind, you see, what he wanted to uh, hope that would be evidenced in the life of that young baby church. He, he sent Timothy. Timothy came back and he said, yes, they are growing in their faith. And yes, they are growing in their love. And the Bible says in that ye have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us as we also to see you. The Bible tells us in verse 10, night and day, praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. The Apostle Paul wasn't going to give up. He was determined that he was going to pour himself into that congregation in the area of faith. And its heart desire was that they would grab hold of the challenge and that they would recognize that they were needy of taking some steps of faith in their young church life. And as we recognize that in chapter 2, when Paul's writing back to them, he's saying, listen, there's evidence. I've, I've measured you. I've sent Timothy uh, to see how you're doing. And the reality is your faith is growing exceedingly. Oh, that God could say that of each and every one of us. That our faith is growing exceedingly. That we're not stagnant in our Christian life. That we're just not coming to go through motions. But that our heart is desiring to have our faith grow and develop by the grace of God. Uh, Luke chapter 18, verse 8. Jesus said these words, When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. What a challenge that is. Can I tell you something? The, the, the longer we grow as a church and the older and more established we become as a church, may we never lose that genuine, authentic faith in believing in the God of the impossible. Believing that God is able to just do things that we cannot even fathom. And oh, what a blessing it is for this pastor to look out at this church family and recognize that 
there's growth. There's, there's, there's a blessing that I receive just as I see a growing of faith on your part. Uh, the Bible says in Luke twenty two thirty two, Jesus' words, But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. What was Jesus' heart for Peter? I just don't want your faith to fail. I want you to stay with it. I want you to recognize that there's a need, not only in your life, but in those that are watching you, that, that they would be encouraged and uh, that they also would be converted. I did a, a word study of that word converted. It's from Strong's. Uh, if you want the Strong's number, it's 1994. But here is the way that that word is used in other verses in our Scripture. Matthew 9, 22. But Jesus turned him about. That's converted. Jesus turned him about. That's the same word. Matthew 12, 44. Then he said, I will return into my house. That's the word converted. Matthew 24, 18. Neither let him which is in the field return. Mark 5, verse number 30, And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue hath gone out of him, turned him about. That's the word converted. Mark chapter 13, verse 16, And let him that is in the field not turn. Do you get the gist of it here? The, the word of God is encouraging here, Peter, that Peter, I'm praying that your strength, that your faith would be uh, strengthened, His heart is for Peter that his faith would not fail. And when he turns, that he would encourage others. Can I tell you something? When your faith is growing, the only problem with Peter in some of those instances uh, there toward the latter end of our Savior's earthly life was a lack of faith, a stumbling of faith, a staggering in faith. And, 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 you know, we're all Peters. We've all been there. We've all been challenged in the area of faith and found ourselves wanting by just believing what God has to say. And yet the encouragement was, Peter, when you've turned, would you encourage the brethren? Would you encourage others? You know, when you step out, out of faith, you're going to encourage others to do the very same thing. And, and it's... It's, it's our responsibility to recognize that God's wanting to develop faith in our life. And we ought to take it serious because the Word of God takes it serious. The Apostle Paul took it serious when he saw young churches and in those embryonic stages and those stages here where it was just, you know, going from crawling to being a toddler. And, and uh, here Paul is writing to that church and he's saying, listen, here's what I'm looking for. Here's how I'm measuring your church. Do I see faith and do I see hope and do I see love? And when he sees it, he thanks God and he commends them for it. You know, the Bible says where two or three are gathered together in, in his name, he's there. Jesus Christ is with us this morning. I wonder how we measure up. How do we measure today, personally? You know, corporate faith is nothing more than our individual faith, right? Coming together. And so when we talk about the corporate faith of a church, we're talking about individual church members that are stepping out by faith. 
And our first heart's desire this morning ought to be is, Lord, would you help me develop this faith that pleases you? Number two this morning, let's look at the desiring of more faith. Well, after several years of following the Lord Jesus Christ around and and we're going to deal with some of the things that Jesus said about faith in just a point or two. But there is a phrase that jumps out at me from Luke chapter 17, verse 5, and it's the apostles. And here's what they say. And the apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. They saw God do the miraculous. They saw God still the storm. They saw God take a little boy's lunch and multiply it so that it could feed thousands upon thousands of people. They saw the Lord Jesus Christ walking on water. The lame uh, were made whole. The blind could see. The dead were raised. Uh, They saw the Lord Jesus Christ and they said, God, would you increase my faith? Would you just help me to grow in that area? And this morning, my prayer is that all of us would just desire to see a greater capacity for faith or to see our faith increase. It should be a prayer. It should be something that we simply cry out to God on a day-by-day basis. God, would you help me to grow in my faith today? The developing of our faith. The desiring of more faith. Well, let's define faith here this morning. Hebrews chapter number 11. Would you go there with me? The book of Hebrews chapter number 11. Defining faith. The Bible tells us in verse number 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. The defining of the word faith. There we see the word substance, we see the word evidence. When I was a little child, I went to Sunday school, I learned a song, went something like this, Faith is just believing what God said He will do. Kind of simple definition, isn't it? But that's exactly what the Word of God says. Faith is just believing what God says He will do. Uh, It's substance. It's real. It's based on evidence. And God in verse 6 of Hebrews 11 says, listen, it's the only way that you can really please God. If I'm not growing in faith... I really am not pleasing the Lord as He desires to be pleased. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And and in the Word of God, we're recognizing that this authentic New Testament church determined that they wanted to grow in faith. How does faith come about? Well, the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the what? The Word of God. Can I tell you this morning that your faith will not grow if your love for the Word of God does not grow. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If the essence of faith is simply believing what God said He will do, then we need to know what God says. 
then it ought to be something where our hearts are drawn to this book and we're saying, oh Lord, uh, would you just help me to believe what I just read? Would you help me just to put my faith and confidence in the God that spoke this world into existence? Listen, he's a big God. And he's desiring for his children just to, by faith, fall into his arms and allow him to minister to them. I'm going to read just a a couple quotes from some great Christians in the past concerning the defining of faith. And I want you here this morning to uh, listen to their testimony. Some of you know the name George Mueller. Now, George Mueller was just uh, one of those uh, great uh, men of faith, had had an orphanage there in London. And uh, his prayer was that God would use that orphanage to provide for some of these children that were running on the streets. And and, uh, George Mueller determined that he was never going to ask mankind to provide for any of the needs, and that those needs would be met only through faith and prayer in God. And it's amazing how he began to pray, and God began to give them the means to house the boys and girls. And in reading there his uh, biography, kind of a, a humorous story where God provided everything. He provided the building. He provided the workers. He provided the, the, the food that was necessary, the beds for children to sleep in. And they opened the orphanage and they had no one show up. And George Mueller said, guess what, folks? We prayed for workers and we prayed for a building and we prayed for beds and we prayed for all of this, but we forgot to pray for children. And they went and prayed for children and God gave them more than they could handle. Uh, you know what it was for George Mueller? It was faith. It was simple faith in trusting God. And I'm reading now some of what George Mueller had to say. First of all, he clarified that it's not an impression. Faith has nothing to do with impressions. You know, I, I have this impression that I ought to do this or ought to do that. Here's what George Mueller said. Impressions have neither one thing nor the other to do with faith. Faith has to do with the Word of God. It is not impressions, strong or weak, which will make the difference. We have to do with the written Word and not ourselves or our impressions. It's not about having an impression and then hoping on that impression. You know what it's about? It's about God's authoritative word and what God has to say and then my belief in what God had to say. Goes on and talks about probabilities. And George Mueller had this to say. He said, then two probabilities are the big temptation when it comes to exercising faith. Too often the attitude is, it doesn't seem probable that he will ever be saved. The way things are going, I wonder if the Lord really loves me. But Mueller wrote, Many people are willing to believe regarding those things that seem probable to them. Faith has nothing to do with probabilities. Uh, The province of faith begins where probabilities cease and sight and sense fail. I wonder if that's the extent of our faith. Well, you know, that's that's probable, that's possible, that's something that may happen. Or do we have the Word of God that is helping us in building our faith? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, so that when we see it in God's Word, 
uh, we recognize it as truth and we believe it. George Mueller was famous for just praying back the Scripture to God. He would claim a promise from the Word of God. And by faith, he believed that promise. And he cried out to God and God would answer based on the authority of God's Word. Listen, having faith has nothing to do with what I want this week or what I don't want this week. It has to do with what is God saying? And where is He challenging me to have my faith strengthened and to have my faith uh, stretched? Alexander Hay adds this to the defining faith. Faith must be based upon certainty. There must be a definite knowledge of God's purpose and will. Without that, there can be no true faith. For faith is not a force that we exercise or a striving to believe that something shall be, thinking that if we believe hard enough, it will come to pass. That may be positive thinking, but certainly not biblical faith. All right, are you catching it? Faith is not just me wishing on a star. Faith is not just having an impression placed upon me, and I'm going to believe that impression. No, faith has everything to do with the Word of God. And if I'm going to grow in my faith, I've got to grow in my heart for the Word of God. Allow God's Word to minister, and our faith will grow. So faith stands on the facts of the Word of God. And it's a blessing this morning that when we step out by faith, we have God's Word as our foundation. We're resting on His promises. We're trusting Him as He's leading us. And my friend, this morning, all of us in our personal walk, we can grow in the Word of God. And in growing in the Word of God, we can grow in faith. You may be disappointed this morning, and you look at your life and you wonder, why don't I have the faith that God wants me to have? Why can't I just trust God in that area? Oh, would you make the connection back to the Word of God? Oh, that God here can allow you to grow in that area. Number four this morning, the the decrees of faith. Now, uh, these are what Jesus Christ mentioned to His disciples, several different degrees. Uh, Matter of fact, the Bible tells us in Mark 4.40, O ye of, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Matthew 8.26, O ye of little faith. In Mark chapter 4, he talked about those that had no faith. In uh, Romans 4, we learn of a weak faith. Uh, Romans 4.20, strong in faith. Matthew 15, Jesus talked about great faith. And Luke 7, they were full of faith faith. Listen, do you see the different degrees? When Jesus examined people's lives, he said, listen, those, oh, ye of little faith. Oh, that one, no faith. Oh, great was their faith. Oh, the testimony there of uh, Stephen, full of faith. How does God judge you? How does God judge me this morning? If he was going to take a a, a faith measurement of our lives, where would it it be? You know, sometimes as uh, God ministers to us, 
Uh, and, and, and God helps us through His Word to grow and to develop. He challenges us in these areas of faith, and He'll use all different tools to do it. You know, probably the, the one tool that we hate the most is the tool of suffering. We don't like it, do we? we nobody here enjoys it. We don't enjoy going through setbacks or enjoy going through times where our health isn't what we hoped it would be. Uh, or there's a financial reversal or one of many things that may happen in our life. And, uh, and those times of, of uh, suffering that come along our way, what's God trying to do? He's trying to build our faith. He's trying to help us to see that God's still in control and that all things are going to work together for good. And I can rest on that because that's the promise of the Word of God. And based on the promise of the Word of God, my faith can increase in times of suffering. My faith can increase here at other times in my life when God challenges me to maybe step out a little bit of my comfort zone. And He challenges me in a certain specific area. And, and uh, I'm just wondering, Lord, I, I can't do that. Maybe you've said that to the Lord. God, I just can't do that. Can I tell you something? You can. Uh, God's grace is sufficient for you. His strength is made perfect in weakness. And based on the truth of the word of God, just stand there and believe God. Don't rest on the belief in your emotions. Don't rest on the belief here in circumstances or happenstances. Rest firmly on God's word. God will always steer us right. Oh, that we would see that there are different degrees of faith. And it's measurable. And, and the Lord has a, a good eye for measuring faith in individuals' lives. And He can see when there's just a little bit of faith. And He can see when, when He has to challenge somebody, say, listen, if you just had faith like a grain of mustard seed, I mean, there's different degrees that different individuals have, and our heart ought to be, God, help me to grow in that. Help me to grow in that. Now, we're wrapping up this morning, but I want you for these last, uh, this last point, the demonstration of faith. This is where the rubber meets the road, and this is how we can, in a practical way, walk out of here this week and, in, 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 in a practical sense, see the evidence of our faith growing. All right, letter A. Let's begin with uh, the demonstration of faith. I want you to see we demonstrate faith in salvation. First and foremost, listen, you can't grow in faith if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. So you've got to start there. You know, it's a blessing just to be around here and to see God touching different lives and folks coming to faith in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to have a baptism again here this morning. Just had one a few weeks ago. We're rejoicing in the reality of those that are uh, just uh, wanting to take that next step of obedience to the Lord. But it begins with uh, recognizing that uh, salvation is first. And you demonstrate faith in salvation. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. We're studying Ephesians 2 at 5 o'clock. For by grace are you saved through faith. See, we have to demonstrate faith in the principles of God's Word when it comes to eternal life and how you and I can know that we're on our way to heaven. Uh, See, it is faith not in ourselves or our good works. It is faith in the person of Jesus Christ alone. 
He died for my sins. He was buried for me. He rose again for me. And, and what I have to do is I have to come to a place where I recognize that no church, no baptismal pool, no communion, uh, uh, no catechism, none of that can take me to heaven. Jesus Christ alone is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by Him. And so when you come to faith, what you're doing is you're, you're saying, okay, I'm not going to trust in uh, the church as my means of salvation. I'm not going to trust in my good works anymore. I'm not going to trust here in, in that baptism that took place when I was a baby and somebody got my head wet. I'm not trusting in that. I am trusting in Jesus Christ alone. And I am completely resting in Him. Listen, I've got a chair here, and, and what you need to do is you're sitting in a chair, and maybe you're resting in what you think are good works or being a good person or being a church member. Can I tell you something? You've got to get out of that chair. You've got to get out of that chair because that chair is going nowhere. Listen, if you are trusting in anything else but Jesus Christ, the Bible says you're on a broad road that leads to hell and destruction. What's salvation? Salvation is resting completely in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. Not, not in these works that you think somehow are going to earn you a place, but you're resting in Jesus Christ alone and His finished work on your behalf. You see, when Jesus said those words, it is finished, He meant it. There's nothing I've got to add to salvation. There's nothing I, I can add to it. Jesus Christ did it all. All to Him we owe. And it's simply recognizing that wonderful grace of the Lord Jesus Christ to all of us as sinners. And then by faith receiving Jesus Christ alone. That's where it all starts. Listen, if you're not truly born again this morning, if you're not saved this morning, I've got good news for you. God desires for you to see His Son Jesus as your only, only means for everlasting life. You see, His blood was that pure blood that was shed. His sacrifice was acceptable to God. The thousands upon thousands of lambs in the Old Testament that were sacrificed on the Passover and, and, and other festivals here for a covering for sin was nothing but a foreshadowing of the Lamb of God that would come to take away the sin of the world. And I'm so glad Jesus came he finished his work. He's now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I'm so glad this morning that I can share the good news of the gospel and that by faith we see salvation is available. Remember those uh, Old Testament types? You know, the Passover started in Exodus, Exodus chapter number 12. What were, what were they told to do? They were told to take a, a lamb to... to, to uh, uh, um, uh, kill that lamb and to take the blood and they were to take that blood and put it in a certain place. Do you remember what that was? On the doorposts. There outside their house and it was the tenth plague. The death angel was going to come by. And everyone that had faith in that blood and that had faith in just carrying out what, what Moses commanded that God wanted them to do and, and they, they had the Passover that night and they took the blood of that lamb and they put it there above and at the sides there on the posts. And, and there as the death angel came by 
Every house that symbolically had that blood on the doorpost, the death angel passed by. You know, that's a wonderful picture of the salvation that we have in the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He did it. We had to exercise faith in His finished work. Rahab, another Old Testament picture of someone that had no right to be a part of the people of God. She was not just a harlot, but she was a a harlot that was a citizen of Jericho. And those two spies came on over at the command of Joshua to kind of look over the city of Jericho. And and, and, uh, God providentially brought them in contact there with Rahab, that harlot. And, And Rahab's faith was in the God of those two spies. And uh, she pleaded for her family, and the spies said, Listen, you take a crimson cord, a red cord, and you put that outside your window on the wall. And when we come, and we will come, and when we cross over Jordan, and we will cross over Jordan, and when we destroy the city of Jericho, and we will destroy the city of Jericho, you'll be saved if by faith you allow that crimson cord to be laid out. And Rahab was saved, a picture of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? So number one, uh, let's look at here the demonstrate faith in salvation. Number, letter B, I should say, we demonstrate faith in spreading the seed of the gospel. I'm not going to be able to develop this as I want, but 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1, verse number 8, talks about this young church and uh, their work of faith. I want you to go to verse 8. Here's what the Bible says. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God's word is what? Spread abroad. What is spread abroad? Their faith to God's word is spread abroad. Do you know how we demonstrate faith? Number one, you get saved. But we also demonstrate faith in spreading the seed of the gospel. We're we're identifying here with a God that can change lives. And He changes lives as God's people take the seed of the Word of God and they spread that seed. They sow that seed. And as they're spreading the seed and sowing the seed, we see some falls on good ground. And there springs forth life. And it's our faith here that's tied to the spreading of the gospel. You know why we don't spread the gospel? Because we don't really think it's powerful. We don't really think that the gospel seed is going to make a difference in my grandma's life or my grandpa's life or the life of that ornery neighbor or my coworker, or my boss. And because we're not convinced that the seed of the Word of God, the Bible says, will not return void. And because we're not convinced of it, we're not spreading the seed. Can I tell you something? If we're not a a seed spreader, if we're not giving out the gospel, there's room in our heart to grow in our faith. Because the evidence of the faith in verse number 8 is in every place your faith to God's word is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. Great faith goes hand in hand with those that are desiring to give out the word of God because we know 
that God's Word is powerful. That God's Word can uh, uh, be planted here by the Holy Spirit of God and see genuine change in people's lives. Oh, that we would just see it. A demonstration of faith in salvation. A demonstration of faith in spreading the seed of the Word of God. Quickly, number, letter C. We demonstrate faith by surrendering to God's will. We demonstrate faith by surrendering to God's will. Go with me to Abraham on Mount Moriah. The Bible tells us back in Genesis chapter 15 that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. He's a saved individual. Uh, In Genesis 22, we see a demonstration of faith because Abraham was told to take your son, your only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and I want you to go with him up to Mount Moriah and I want you to offer him up there as a sacrifice. Can I tell you? That was an act of surrender to God when he didn't understand what God was doing. That was a heart that said, I'm just going to believe God. I am going to just let God be God. And as he surrendered, Hebrews eleven seventeen is testimony to the faith of Abraham where God said, by faith, by faith, Abraham offered up his son. Oh, in the area of surrender, in the area here of you and I, uh, one by one, spreading the gospel, there's a need for my faith to increase. When God asks me to do some hard things, there's a need for my faith to increase. And then also, as we close this morning, we demonstrate faith through our stewardship. Through our stewardship. You know, Our giving is a reflection of our faith. Um, When we believe God's word and the promises that God makes in his word, and we actually believe it and then we start to practice it, uh, our faith is increased. I was blessed yesterday to hear the testimony of one of our gals, and she said, Pastor, I I made a commitment at our banquet here. just, uh, I guess, two weeks ago. And she says, you're never going to believe it. You're not going to believe it. I, I wrote out what I wanted to give to the Lord. And the very next day, she didn't say that week. She said, the very next day, I went to the mailbox and there was an envelope and there was a check in it for double the amount that I wanted to give to the Lord at this year's banquet. You know what? That thrilled my heart. Because that was someone that said, I want to grow in this area. I just, I don't know where it's going to come from, but I'm just going to trust God in it. And as I trust God in it, he's going to prove himself faithful. And when he proves himself faithful, my faith is going to grow. Isn't that the whole tenor of the scripture? In Malachi chapter number 3, you know, the admonition there is, will a man rob God? Verse number 8, yet you have robbed me. Where have we robbed you? In our tithes and offerings? But then there's the challenge, and he says, listen, just would you prove me? Would you just put me to the test and see if I'll not open up the windows of heaven? And God delights in that. He's thrilled with it. He's recognizing that there is a faith-filled believer and that they can trust God for, yes, the monetary things in their life. Isn't that what Jesus taught in Matthew chapter number 6? Where he said, oh, ye of little faith. 
And he went, he went ahead and, and, he, and he started to talk about the birds in the sky and how God provides for them. Oh, ye of little faith. What's he saying? He's saying, listen, if I can take care of the birds, I can take care of you. Do you believe it? You see, God says it. The scripture tells us here the words of Jesus, give and it shall be given unto you. I just wonder if we believe it. It's, it's not just pulling out some impression. It is going to the word of God and saying, no, here's what God says. And if I'll just grow in this area of faith, in this, air, in, in, in this uh, stewardship, uh, God will stretch my faith and he'll be pleased. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. In Proverbs chapter number 3, also it gives here uh, that admonition concerning the first fruits and how uh, you and I ought to uh, allow God to have the first of, of what we receive. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. And then he gives this promise. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. What's God trying to do? He's trying to increase your faith. It's all. When God prompts you to share the gospel, what's he trying to do? He's just trying to increase your faith. When God allows opportunities of surrender to come into your life, what's he doing? He's wanting you to just increase your faith. The faith of Abraham to take his son and and, and put him on that altar and take that dagger above his son's head. And there at the last moment, God stops him. And God provides the ram in the thicket. And Abraham's faith is strengthened again. Why? Because God's word is true. Remember when God's word came to him and said, you're going to have a son and you're going to call his name Isaac? And then he got older and older and older and older. And now the man's 100 years old and his wife is 90. You know, it was based on the simple principles of God said it. I've got to believe it. And God was faithful to his word. A demonstration of faith. We demonstrate faith in salvation. We demonstrate faith in spreading the seed of the gospel. We demonstrate faith in surrendering to God's will. And we demonstrate faith through our stewardship. That widow at Zarephath had a choice to make, didn't she, in 1 Kings chapter 17. Famine. Elijah had prayed and God shut up the heavens. There, as he was ministered to at Cherith, the Bible tells us that he received there from the brook water and he received from the ravens there uh, meat. And uh, every morning and every evening, the Bible said God took care of him because by faith, Elijah followed the directive of God's word. And then when the brook dried up, we saw this just a month ago, uh, God said, listen, I need you to go now to the city of Zarephath. I've got a widow woman there who's going to take care of you. And there, as Elijah makes his way, his faith was tested because how in the world is a widow going to take care of me? But then her faith was tested as well because as the prophet showed up, he said, listen, uh, I want you to make me a cake. And she said, make you a cake. I've got, I've got enough food for just me and my boy, and we're going to eat it and die. What do you make you a cake. This is all I have. And then the word of the Lord came to that woman and the, the word of, of, of Elijah says, listen, if you do that, can I make a promise to you? And this is God's promise. 
that you will not lack for a meal until this entire famine is over. You can read the story yourself in 1 Kings chapter 17. And based on the word of God and the promise of God, she gave that cake. And in giving that cake, she actually opened up the windows of heaven. You know, sometimes when we have the very least, we feel like we've got to hang on to it the tightest. And yet that's the time here that God says, no, I really want to open up heaven. I really want to provide in ways that only I could because I'll get glory in that. And I want to just stretch your faith. Thank the Lord for the opportunity to be an authentic church, an authentic Christian, saying, God, do you see faith in my life? You see faith growing in my life. And let that become our prayer. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of Crown Point Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.